Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh-oh, hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Parks and Recollection. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Hare, better known as Gary, Larry, Jerry, Terry, Barry, and then my one of my dearest friends in the whole world. Um, I just think the world of him. Uh, oh, I do this every time. Uh, uh, I, pay, I, I thought I paid you enough money to know my name. Bob, uh, the name's Greg. Greg, Greg, Greg. Oh, my God. I love every minute we spend together. Thank you. It seems like you do. Every minute. <laughs> every minute. <laughs> the one I give you every day. It, what a gift. Jim, we're old friends. We're old friends. I love Greg. We we Josh. We Josh. We Josh. My brother's name, Josh. Oh, do you know you him? Go. I don't. Can I tell you, speaking of names, so I'm Greg. My dad wanted to name me Pierre, which is true. No one knows why, but he wanted to name me Pierre. First of all, I think you look like a Pierre. I really appreciate that. No, and I'm not knocking that. I think you yeah. look like a peer. There are nods in the studio right now from other people. There which are, makes me wonder, yes. have I been living a false life as a Greg for 40 yeah. years? Well, here's the reason I tell it, and it's about Parks and Rec. I went in for an interview to be the writer's assistant on the show, and I sat in a room with Greg Daniels yes. and Mike Shore. And Greg says to me, and I'm meeting Greg Daniels. I mean, Mike's great, but I mean Greg Daniels yeah. at the office. And for me, this yes. is like one of those like bucket lists as a writer moment. And Greg says, you know, you know, if we hire you to be in the show, I'd be on the show. It's kind of weird when you have two Gregs or two people of the same name in a room. It gets confusing. Yeah. Do you have a nickname? And I said, you know, well, actually, Greg's a nickname for Gregory. And I thought I was being really funny and he didn't laugh. And so. <laughs> wow. You thought you were being funny. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Moving well, on. That's not the end of the story, Jim, because <laughs> I panicked a bit, but I told the truth, which is that, well, I can tell you that my dad wanted to name me Pierre. And this Greg Daniels' eyes just lit up. He's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. We will name you Pierre. We'll call you Pierre. And um, and and he's like, and you can, like, wear a beret. And I was like, yeah. I was like, and, um, whatever, Mr. Daniels, whatever. whatever. I, I was like, I'll, care, I'll, I'll walk in with, like, a big paper bag and baguette sticking out of it. He's like, that's amazing. We'll call you Pierre. And I'm, I'm joshing with Greg Daniels and Mike Shore. And I'm like, this is great. 
Uh, about a week later, I start at the office before Parks and Rec as an assistant, and I come in, and Greg walks me around the writer's room and introduces me to every writer on the office as Pierre. I love it! Does not say, this is Greg Levine, we're calling him Pierre. Yeah. So for years, there are people I worked with at Parks and the <laughs> office who did not know that my name was actually Greg Levine. It was Pierre. When I was on Parks for three or four years, I went by Pierre. I signed emails, Pierre. People what? would say, oh, bring that over to Pierre's office. Drop that off on Pierre's desk. Not like, you know, Greg, but we call him Pierre. No, like that's my that's P- human name. This is name. a Jerry Gergit story. Like literally how it happened. Well, you're going to love this because this is the end of the story. And I know you're going to love that because you're like, Greg, shut up already. Yeah, when can I talk? <laughs> this Welcome to Parks and Recollection. It's me, Greg, only. <laughs> the end of the story is Greg Daniels hired... Uh, an assistant named Pierre. Wow. He na- His full name was Pierre Luigi, uh, but he went by Pierre. But when Pierre Luigi was, who goes by Pierre, was at the Parks and Rec office, because Greg would go between the office and parks, he went by Luigi. So here was a real Pierre who had to go by a fake name because I, my fake Pierre name. And I remember asking Greg at the end of the series, like, I got to ask you about this. Was that like a social experiment? <laughs> like, were you fucking Did with me? Did he remember that it even all happened? No, yeah, for sure. No, but it truly, you looked like a Pierre. Thank you. Well, I went by but Pierre I didn't for a long know time. you went by that name. I did. And the moment Pierre Luigi moved on, he, he got uh, another job. He got staffed on a show and all this great stuff. I got to be Greg. Wow. No, but that is, what's funny about it is, that's what happened to Jerry. Yes, exactly. He, the name got, and it just continued and continued yes. because how do you clean it up? Yeah, at that point, you're like, we're going to own this and make it weirder and weirder yes. and crazier. But the fact that you were sending out memos Oh my With god! Pierre, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! And the fact that everyone knew who you, what it meant, who you were—that's what cracks me up, and and also makes me kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> there were years that that's just like you know your name, especially in certain industries, your name is so important. Yeah, and um, and I got mine <laughs> taken away from me for a little bit. Oh, I kind of love that though. Oh my oh, god! I love what a that. Great story. I love that about you, Greg. You know, but I will tell you when I, you know, because I also had a meeting, a, a, an introduction with Mike and, and Greg in the room when I first auditioned for Parks. I auditioned for uh, Ron Swanson, and it is so nerve wracking because it is, and again, Mike Sure, yes, it's Mike Sure. But Greg Daniels at that point, yes. in my mind, yes. is The Office. Yeah. And uh, King of the Hill. Like, these are shows that I, revere. of course, yes. revere. And so my goal was to just, just, first of all, don't make a fool of yourself. Just don't make a fool of yourself. And again, I'm going in there reading for Ron Swanson, which, you know, that, right. th- th- that in itself is also nutty when you think of anyone other than, you know, Nick playing that role. But I do remember we had we had some stuff in common uh, because of uh, Carell. Mm. So we were able to joke around a little bit. And there's nothing more soothing than to get a laugh out of someone who you truly just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. look at as kind of a god in that world. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And we had some chuckles. And it really... I mean, so I love that you have that story with him. That's your and Greg's story. I love that. The two Gregs. I think it's great. I think it's exciting. Well, thank you. I'm glad I got to share it with you here. Yes. And all those listening there. And speaking of all those listening, my name should be Segway because of how fucking good that was. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> today, we will be talking about 
Pawnee Rangers. Pawnee Rangers. Written by Alan Yang, directed by Charles McDougall, originally airing on October 13th, 2011. And if Jim Blurb O'Hare can tell us a little bit about it, that'd be awesome. (laughs) I will blurb it right now. Uh, In an effort to fight the inequality of Ron's boys-only wilderness group, the Pawnee Rangers, Leslie takes her girls-only troop, the Pawnee Goddesses, on an adventure weekend. Tom and Donna invite Ben to join them for their annual Treat Yourself. Oh, love that. Spa and shopping excursion. And Jerry, oh, poor Jerry. Poor Jerry. Jerry takes his daughter and Chris to lunch, and it just goes wrong. Everything goes wrong. Jim, it's Treat Yourself. It is Treat Yourself. And as we remembered uh, Reda and Aziz singing, it's Treat Yourself 2011. Yes. I mean, this is the episode that spawned Many marketing campaigns. Many. Marketing I I still campaigns. see I see greeting cards that say treat yourself. I see gift cards that Target had a treat yourself gift. I mean, yeah, there wasn't treat yourself didn't exist before this. Just two weeks ago, you know, we have this chain, this Parks and Rec cast chain. So the other day, I forget who sent it. It might have been Retta. Someone was promoting like some business or something and using the treat yourself theme. Which oh, is really? wrong. Like oh, that's, that's, that that's is, one step too far. That is a big step too far. Mm. But here's the thing. Ever since Park started, and it's happened to all of us, but I think mostly Nick. I think mostly Ron Swanson. Like if you go to Venice or you go to any of those places, we're on every T-shirt. Yeah. You know, but there's, you know, Ron with the mustache and the booze and whatever. He's more than any of us, I think. But we're all out there. There's no repercussions. We don't get a nickel. Right. It's just one of those situations where people can take advantage of it. And I think by the time you, if you try to even go out there and sue somebody over it, right. you don't win. So, yeah, right. it's become, it's, it's in the lexicon. Yeah, Treat yourself is in the lexicon. And I think to be memed in a way or to be like, there's something, you can't discount that, you know, th- those gift cards, those marketing campaigns, those T-shirts are, that feeds the beast of people knowing about the series. Yes. And it, and it, 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 it does eventually get there. People like, I want to. I want to watch a Parks episode. I have or, said that many times because some people are like, boy, don't you feel terrible? Like you're, you know, there's these dolls out there now. We're all on these stitch, Stitcher dolls and we don't get a nickel. It, you really want nickels? I want nickels okay. up my nose. No, it, it, it um, but it promotes the show, which then promotes us because it gives more. Yeah. And so to me, it all kind of works. It's, yeah, this is the, pro- this is the price of being in the, um, you know, in the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah, because Parks and Rec, for whatever reason, is still. It was just, you know. It's good. What do you mean, for whatever reason? It's a good show. No, no, no. I mean, I know the reason. I'm just saying, I've been on so many shows that come and go. They come and go. They come and go. Pilots, you do them, never hear from them again. They just gone. Parks lasted seven years and is still in people's hearts, like truly in their hearts. I get these, you know, believe it or not, I get fan mail, Greg, believe it or not. No, but people saying, I was going through treatments. I was going through this. I was having this happen. And Parks helped me get through it. Yeah. And so it is a special show that I take full credit for. Yeah. Creating, writing, acting. It is my show. It's you. It is all me. No, no. But I mean, it really turned out to be this kind of special show. So I don't have an issue Mm. with the fact that um, other people are making money off of our likeness and... You know, I cut lawns for 20 bucks a week to keep a roof over my head. Whatever. We all do what we do. Yeah. Well, this, yes, this is a special show. And not just that, but you talked about we've gone seven seasons. And here's something cool. Here's a first note note for you. Yes. This is the series 50th episode. Wow. 50. It turned 50. 50, 50. Um, 
I remember being in hair and makeup early on. And, you know, we were always never knew what was going to happen with ratings. And if we're coming back, no one ever knew. And I remember Amy saying, wow, wouldn't it be something Mm. if we got to seven seasons? And believe me, even at 50, we didn't know if we were going to keep going. It was every season. Every we thought we were season was, was yeah. We never knew we're going to be canceled, right? Just here because, comes outsourced. Yes, exact, exactly. Outsourced. Gotta get outsourced. In. <laughs> That's right, outsourced. You're right. Oh my god, so funny. Um, so the fact that you know we certainly would have celebrated that. I can't believe fifty, and then we would end up doing another seventy. Yeah, six of them. 75, 76 75, seventy-five, seventy-six episodes. Yeah, yeah. No, Amazing. it's great. Amazing. So it's our 50th episode. It's also the first episode as we talked about, where Tom and Donna celebrate Treat Yourself, a fan favorite that fans of the show now observe on October 13th, just oh. like uh, Galentine's. Galentine's, Galentine's is, uh, is February yeah. 13th, the 13th. We've done it. We've we've taken over two 13ths. Wow. Not two 13ths, but two yeah, I get you. 13 dates and 12, I mean, good for us. Yeah, good. Aren't we something? <laughs> good for Aren't us. Aren't we something? <laughs> um, you know what? Hey, this is also the first episode in which we meet a member of Jerry's family. Oh, in this do. case, his daughter, Millicent. Oh, I love her. Sarah also, Wright. Jim, I hope you're okay with me mentioning this. Chris introduces himself to Millicent as Jerry's much younger friend. Ooh. In fact, Mr. O'Hare, Rob Lowe was just, Ooh. what, two years shy of you? Okay. let's. You know what? Let, let's clear some shit up. Can you want to? Yeah, I do want to clear do you wanna, some uh-huh. You know what I mean? I do. A uh, couple things. One, he's not even a full two years. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's let me just start with let's this. Let's start with that. Yeah, okay. Not even a full two years. Okay. So we'll give him that. He has, you know, obviously struck a deal with some demon <laughs> and he has been allowed to have that face. And God bless, you know, when when our He's obviously struck he's a deal struck with a deal the with demon. the demon. When the time comes, I think I'm gonna live my life in heaven and have nice things. I think Rob will be in a fiery somewhere <laughs> because he he he's, did this he's very deal. charmed. He's very charmed. He's yeah. very charmed. Uh but one day, I forget who brought it to my attention, but one of the I think a cast member, and it was a newspaper article. And it was a picture of Rob and I next to each other. And it said, what's wrong with this picture? And it was shocking to see this side by side. I will admit it was shocking. So I show it to Rob and I said, for the record. You're the problem. You are yeah, what's wrong yeah, with yeah, this yeah, picture. Yeah, yeah. I know the joke <laughs> is on me. I get it. I get it. You know, the fat old guy. I get it. You, my friend, are the joke. You are what's wrong with this picture. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I am still crying thinking about, well, obviously, Ruffalo <laughs> struck a deal with the demon. Well, look, at it still hasn't changed. No, no. It's something When beautiful wrong. people age, uh, it oh. puts all of the rest of our aging to shame. It's too much. It's really got to end. I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, God bless him. Uh, the joke, and I might have said this before on a couple of episodes, when if you goofed up a line when you had a scene with Rob, you would just go, "Sorry, I was looking into his yeah, eyes." Yeah, yeah, And then you lost all track yeah. of space and time and, yeah, and everything. Yeah. No, Rob is a shock. I always joke, "Oh, I'm shockingly good looking." Rob is shockingly good looking. He just is. Do you think when he looks himself in the mirror, it's like, "Dear God, what happened? Oh my God, I'm amazing." I, well, I'm sh- this is shocking. To. Believe me, I look in the mirror and I go, "Dear God, what happened?" Yeah. But I don't end up with <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. good. Congrats. Rob, and uh-huh. you know what? And you know what? Congrats to you, sir. <laughs> yes. 
Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, let me just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. Let me tell you something. This is what's so special about this episode we're talking about is that um, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> Even we haven't gotten to the story really, and we're talking about really? the fun there's of this. three A B C. There are lots going, on. and I want to just I'm going to do a new segment if you will. It's called breaking the story. Story. Wow. Both, and I don't know how often it's going to happen, but every so Wait, often. Does that mean you put thought into this? Wow, that goes against everything I've believed Let for you. Let me just um, text my therapist, Sandy, and talk to her later. Um, <laughs> we're going to do a Breaking the Story story. This episode was a long time getting here. Um, so there was an index card on the writer's room wall for a long time. And, you know, when we would break story, come up with episode ideas, you just write them on an index card. It gets put on some type of uh, bulletin board, and eventually they come together to an episode. It's kind of the writing way. On this index card was written Challenge Day. Um, and I believe it was, from, it was from a pitch from Katie Dippold based on experiences she had in her youth. Um, and the basic idea was some kind of youth-involved cooperation competition that would pit Leslie and Anne or Leslie and Ron against one another. So we broke so, so many versions of a story for this. And it's we never cracked it. It was the index card that haunted us, okay? <laughs> so the Leslie-Ann version would eventually become season three's The Fight. The Fight, okay. Right, so we had a fight sure. between them. We had something. So this isn't one and done. That card can continue. Like, or it's a great sense, idea for potential episodes. Right, we just knew we should have some kind of fight yeah. between them. Then it, we thought it would be a proxy fight, right, with this, this youth cooperation thing. Eventually, we had it over, you know, it was the drunken fight at, at the club. Yeah. But we had an, a Leslie and Ann fight. Well, Pawnee Rangers became the Ron and Leslie fight in a way, right? It was, And it was over, at this point, this youth-involved thing. So the thing I want to talk about, the Challenge Day Index card. So it had been put, somebody, I think it was Dan Gore, someone put it up high in a corner in the writer's room, almost like here was this thing it, like standing over us, the impossible to crack story. It was like a sort of Damocles for us, okay? And between- Watch your language. Go ahead. So sorry. Um, like, a, like a knife of Damocles. Mm. <laughs> between seasons of the show, our entire office gets painted. So the painters come in, they take everything off the wall, all the names, all the posters, all the whatever. Um, and- all the cards that have been amassed have been painted, uh, taped to the wall in some way. We come back at the next season. Everything is still gone except that index card. The painters clearly could tell that this that index was card special. was special. This quasi-reverence that we had for it. That's the power 
of the challenge day card. It was <laughs> mythic in, it the, could in not the room. Be gone. Well, I'll tell you where it is now. At the end of the series, we're cleaning up. I'm cleaning up the office with everybody else, all the writers. I'm taking home stuff. I'm taking home mementos. I go and I climb up and I get the challenge day nice. card. It is now taped the top corner in my office. Nice. At home. It's my gargoyle now. I love that. Yeah. So that's the backstory of the story. And I just love that we finally got a challenge day. Yes. Oh, that's a great story. Thank you. I'm I have a few. i that as mine in the future, if uh, you don't mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll say that I was in the writer's room and then I took it. Yeah. Great, okay. Great. That's mine. Great. Well, then let's talk about the synopsis. All right. We thought, now we're not going to talk my story or your story, yeah. but the story. Ron is the troop leader of a boys-only wilderness club called the Pawnee Rangers, with Andy as his assistant. Five years ago, Leslie created her own girls-only troop called the Pawnee Goddesses in response to a fifth-grade girl being denied entry into the Rangers. Leslie is very determined to prove that her group is better than the Rangers, so she arranges a trip for the Goddesses to be on the same weekend and at the same campground as the Rangers. That's setting up uh, oh, yeah. A perfect Ron, oh, Leslie. Yeah. Yes, yes. Who's going to do it better? Yeah. And obviously, if you you know if you know Leslie at all, she will do it better, but it will be obviously different than Ron's. But in Ron's world, what he was doing was better. Right. Even though Ron had one rule. Be a man. Be a man. Be a man. That is all that was required. Right. He had that notebook, that handbook for the Rangers. It had that one entry. I think it was written in courier font, of course. Of course. I think he also had in the handbook or whatever, there was one activity, which was not getting killed. Was not getting right? killed. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right, Jim. Like, this is set up for a great Leslie-Ron fight. And, you know, I think of Sweetums and their debate over what, you know, when there was the driving home drunk, kind of like who who should limit what people do with their own bodies. There's, I think of Ron and his um, Pyramid of Greatness. Genius. In Go Big or Go Home in season three and setting up a Ron who is very opinionated about this thing that almost goes to the core, the, the marrow of his like DNA of what it means to be this person. And then you have an Andy or Leslie or whatever, who's, or Tom or whatever, who's going to have this completely different Take and poke at that, right? Poke at the marrow deep. And she poked right from the beginning. Immediately. From the very beginning. She but, went at him. And I want to call it also Woman of the Year in season two, right? In this case, it's Ron who gets to do it. So Leslie, yes. they love doing this to each other despite yeah. the feelings that come up for the other. Yeah. I love it. Because they have the utmost respect for each other. Right. But as friends, I, I bust balls all the time. Mm. Look what I do with, oh, God, friend. That, oh, did I indicate you're a friend? Oh, boy. I okay. was so we're excited. Sean, we're going to need to edit that I out, too. I was so excited. I don't want any anything out there like that. No, but you know what I'm saying? You bust balls. You joke around. And that's what they do, too. Leslie is at him. Ron, who's the best club? Say it, Ron. Say it, Ron. Yeah. Who, who's the best club? My club is yeah. better, Ron. My club is better, Oh, Ron. yeah. I mean, and he's just staring oh, at her. Just staring at her. Yes. I love that. Um, Great moment. So much to come to because um, let's just keep going. Let's keep going with this episode. There's so many more beats to talk about. Synopsis part two. Donna notices that Ben is on edge. Of course, it's Ben. It's ben. So she invites Ben on her and Tom's annual treat yourself trip where they take a day off spending extravagantly on things they don't need but really want clothes, massages, mimosas, fine leather goods, etc. Chris gives uh, Jerry the day off 
So Jerry, <laughs> you know, in this other story, Chris gives Jerry the day off. So Jerry invites Chris to lunch with him and his daughter, Millicent. But Chris declines until he sees that Millicent is very attractive. Millicent, who has also cut a deal with a demon. Yeah. Yes. Maybe the same demon. Maybe, maybe that's what the attracted same demon. these two. Yes. At Wilderness Weekend, back to our A story, the goddesses activities are so over-the-top, in-your-face fun that the rangers understandably get a little jealous. I mean, their schedule is— Oh, my is, God, this story. Yeah, the, the schedule for the goddesses are hiking, capture the flag, puppet show about the Bill of Rights, lasso training, and a s'mores-off. S'mores-off. And, and Roz is literally— yeah. Don't get killed. Don't get killed. Use your tarpaulin to build a, <laughs> a really, fortress. What the hell were and, they going to build yeah, with that? that I was, don't know. That was good. Yeah, that made me great. Now, I have to ask, just as a, just because, you know, I don't know how the writer's room happens. This is a lot. Yeah. Couldn't they have, I mean, I, but I get why we wanted the sea story, and I'm glad I was in it, um, to move things along with, you know, because then Chris starts dating my daughter. But it's a lot. Like, they, they could have filled the show with just an A and B. Yeah, but you know, you have series regulars. You have these people. You and uh, and Rob Lowley. You're not. You're not. I mean, sorry, he's not nothing. And people, did you hear that? Can I tell you something? You Just trained, so everyone knows, you there's a tear me. dripping down right now. It's a tear dripping down my cheek. Yes, this is a lot. It's and a lot. I also think it's a lot because of the mythic nature that is now treat yourself. That you almost yeah. now that we know how great that was, you're almost like, couldn't you have? Found a way to put Chris and Jerry in there, too. Right. But at the time, it was this fun little story. And Rhetta, she has great stories of shooting this. You know, they were at Nobu in Malibu. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, no, but I mean, they really, it was, I mean, it was a hell of a storyline for, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. Rhetta loved this storyline. But again, nobody thinking it would become what it became. I think you know it's a funny thing, but you don't, you don't know what's going to go viral. You don't know what's going to... Enter the cultural lexicon. Yeah. You don't need to know that Parks and Recreation was a show and you can understand now what Treat Yourself oh, is. Oh, yes. You don't need to know anything else. Right. Yeah. And well, those are the memes. Treat Yourself. Right. Well, what I love about this episode, and I love all the Treat Yourself stuff. I do. But what always gets me is the way it's introduced. I love when DJ Blunts comes oh, in, brilliant. you know, and then he introduces Tom who comes in and Tom has those Treat Yourself cupcakes and then they look, Tom and Donna look at each other, and, and Aziz and Red are so good in this talking head they do, where they explain the treat yourself holiday and the various ways they treat themselves. And then they, you know, they say that, that like sing song, it's the best time of the year. But in the, I, I love it. I love it in a way that like I shouldn't love it so much because I worked on the series. Yeah. It, like I'm not like, I have nothing to do with the storyline. Yeah. I Me love neither. it's and I one feel of the my way. favorite moments from the series entire run. They're talking, talking head, head is the best. Uh clothes, treat yourself, fragrances, treat yourself, massages, treat yourself, mimosas, treat yourself, fine leather goods. Reda saying treat fine yourself. leather goods. <laughs> the way her eyes bulge out too. Oh. It is great. And it's I also agree. a great moment. Every so often you get a storyline where two characters are together who should be together because they're great together. But then you have a storyline that brings out the most fun about those characters. Yeah. And that is Treat Yourself with Tom and Donna. And what's great is the choice to throw Ben in, to gum up the works. Yeah. Right? Who is the last person you'd expect to be the third 
of this group. Well, because it's also ben. what and the reason they bring Ben in at the top of the episode, near the top of the episode, Ben is having a meeting with Jerry and Donna. Yes. And he's being very um ornery. Ornery, I guess it'd be the right word. And where is this form, Jerry? I see you haven't filled this out in two and a half years. And Jerry's like, what the hell is that? And then Red Donna's like, yeah, we kind of do that at our own pace. And he's like, uh-uh. Like, it really yeah. was odd. It yeah. was a, a weird thing. And you knew Ben was going through something. Donna clocked that right away. And so the fact that she brought him into that mix, again, it's the love of the show. It's the love that the characters have for each other. Even right. though Ben was very new, Donna cared for the guy. And, right. and you know, and... and all good sitcom characters have their own selfish things. And if you watch some of the classic sitcoms, you know, people are selfish and stuff. But I think the difference with Parks is as much as that can happen, there's also so much love and caring for the other characters. Right, right, right. So the fact that she brought him in and Tom was immediately, no, this but, is our thing. But then very quickly, he's like, all right. Yeah. Right? That's also the fun of it, which is that could have been the entire comedy game which is, no, don't bring him. And convincing Tom to bring Ben in on this, right. this tradition of theirs, that's not what this is. We get that quickly because the fun is actually going to be Ben being there the whole time. Tom, who is incredibly selfish at most times, says it's the one day a year that I'm selfish, that I allow myself <laughs> yeah, yeah. to be selfish. Yeah, Dude, right. every, yeah. Day, yeah, every yeah. day you allow yourself yeah, to be selfish. Yeah, no. And then, of course, Jerry goes for a cupcake and he slams that down yeah. right away. No cupcake for Jerry. Okay, I don't care about time. I have to say this. I mean, cool fact we get from Chris when he tells Jerry about lab rats growing tumors when they're deprived of rest. Yeah, what the hell what is the that? What the hell's going on there, man? Cool fact, Goyd. Guys, all right, guys, save it. Like, use that gobbit when you're like, sh- you know, like you're going to a, a club, a party, yeah. and um, and you're like with them. You're like, I want to tell you something. And be like, let me tell you something cool that I know. Lab rats grow tumors when they're deprived of rest. What that was very random. Very weird. And Jerry was very not understanding what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry just wanted out. He told yeah. him he could take the rest of the day off because yeah. everybody else was doing their thing and he wanted out. Yeah. And 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 also, um, Chris Traeger from time to time shows the man that he is because he's pure man when he decides to join Jerry and Millicent oh. at lunch because Millicent's attractive. I mean, there's no other reason he even offers. Like, he's like, oh, actually, I remembered. I would, I'm famished or whatever it is. It's a sharp 180 from no to hello, Millicent. Yes. And also, if you watch the episode, go back to the episode, when I'm walking down the hall, uh, Jerry's walking down the hall with Millicent, and he's like, oh, here's my boss. And then he comes in. The Rob gives her the once-over, which all guys try to sneakily do the once-over. You know, about? I don't understand. Other than Greg, uh, guys will kind of, you know, whether the person turns their head a little, whatever. There is the once-over. And then it's the boom. I need to be at that lunch. Mm, yes, yes. I need to be part of this. Right, like a billion calculations went off in his brain. It was exactly. like, compute attractiveness <laughs> with schedule. Yes. <laughs> with Jerry opinions. Beep, exactly. Beep, beep, boop, boop. I need to be there at lunch. Yes. And imagine, even with Jerry in the mix, it overcame everything. Yeah. Was, he was going to that lunch. Um, One more thing to talk about before we synopsis this again, which is, Anne in this episode, the comedy game that Anne gets is so fun to me. And I just want to acknowledge it so we don't lose it, that Anne continually fails to impress Leslie in a way. Yeah. Right? For I mean, she's the club assistant, which is a new fun dynamic for them. And Leslie like really takes it to her. Like she criticizes her hair by saying she doesn't work hard enough on it. She forces her to follow the kid 
who made the Gertrude Stein Dying, mugs. Yes. And saying before, it would suck to follow that. And But, but she was setting her up, I felt like. To setting her up to fail. Which I seems, don't, yeah, it's oh, weird. Because she loved, I mean, my God, there's no one in the world she yeah, loves. She yeah. loves Anne more than she loves Ben. Yes. Like, so I, I, that threw me a little, I will say. Well, it's, I think it's also because when Leslie gets very proud of a project, when she's really into it, that's the focus here. It's the Pawnee goddesses, yeah. right? And how awesome they are. And sometimes other things get the, get short shrift because of it. But, um, I, I don't know. I thought it's funny, and I thought and well, and, seeing well, that, of seeing Rashida, Rashida plays. Oh yeah, yeah. She plays that kind of thing so perfectly. And also, shout out, huge shout out to the art department. That cabin. Oh my god. Was perfection. Yes, it was perfection. Yeah, they all the little things and uh, even even wardrobe. Like, all the departments, everybody came. Everyone came to play that day because it was great. It yeah, really yeah. was. And the awards and the badges. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I did. You know, some of you might be shocked to hear this, but I research before I come and do these. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I know that certainly doesn't sound you like look it. Like how to <laughs> interact with other people. <laughs> exactly. But I did some research on these kids, and mm. a lot of these kids have had really good careers. Oh, yeah? Yeah, some of the rangers, some of the goddesses. Yeah, I was like, oh. one of the rangers is one of the main Cobra Kai guys. Really? Uh, the one who wanted to become oh, a goddess. to become a goddess. Yes, All check right. him out. That's awesome. Yes, way better career than you. Anyway. Um, Back to our synopsis. <laughs> Asshole. One of Ron's <laughs> rangers tries to defect, as we're talking about, to the goddesses. But instead of inviting him with open arms, Leslie denies him because he should, quote, stick to his own kind. Uh, Not very Leslie. That's that's the power of an argument with Ron. Lauren, one of the goddesses, rightfully challenges Leslie's decision, reminding her that her original goal was equality, not exclusion. Now, during Trio Self Day, Ben is trying really hard to relax, but he's never been more stressed out in his entire life while getting face acupuncture at the spa with Donna and Tom. And remember Chris? Chris and Millicent really hit it off at lunch with Jerry. Mm. That that sentence alone is is a, is a mine yeah, for let, us to go down. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah let, let's talk about all that. Let, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's unravel uh, what you let's, just let's talked about. Open up. Let's go in there. Ooh, s- unseal, open, uh, pull it out. Let's unbox ah, this. Let's unbox this. Uh, no, uh, so obviously the... A story with, um, yeah. you know, the goddesses. Yeah. Yes. I mean, for Leslie to go, no, really is against everything she believes yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. But there's also that competition yeah. she's got with Ron. And because she immediately is feeling good, like, the, when he says it, the smile creeps up on her face. I win. Yes. Because one of his wants to be here. And I love how it turns out to be her goddesses are the ones who make her realize yeah. She goes, she's proud of them. She's annoyed by them. It's kind of 70-30. Yeah. Which would be true. That would be so it. Yeah. Because 70, like, wow, I have created little Leslie Nopes. Yes, but also. But also, damn it. I'm terrifying. There's nothing worse than a, a little Leslie Nopes can right. bring me down. Right, right. Yeah, anyway. It's fun to see this version of her, this competitive nature. Yeah. Especially with the person that she respects a lot in Ron. I would venture to guess in Leslie's world would you say that Ron is who she most respects? Mm, yeah, I'm like sure. Like if he had to, yeah, because there, there's, there's, there's like you respect the equal, right? You, you, you respect the debate partner who can go right. toe to toe with you. Yeah, and he can go to, even though totally different beliefs, like politics and everything else. Right. But I do believe he is her. Um, 
Yeah, I think she respects him the most. I don't know if there's a better yeah. word for that, no, but that's yeah. what I'm going with. I'm going with a sentence rather than a word. She respects him the most. Well, let's talk about Treat Yourself again because yeah. there's a lot. At 7 minutes, 45 seconds, if you're watching this on Peacock, we witness perhaps one of the saddest images in Parks and Rec history. It's Ben eating soup oh, on a park bench, a bench alone. Wait for it right next to a trash can. Yeah. It's like a New Yorker cartoon. <laughs> you know what I mean? That I don't understand. Go ahead. Oh, well, New York is one of the states. Um, <laughs> it's like a one New- of the 46. Oh, you could just draw that and be like, caption this moment. But the fact that it's our Ben. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> that's why he needed Adam this. I know. That. He's kind of like, like hunched over a like little bit. We were talking bit. about in the other episodes. He, he plays that so sadly, perfectly, and heartbreaking. He's a man eating soup on a park yes. bench by a trash can. <laughs> My God. Yeah. Like, then, like, what have I become? But then something happens that I'm going to use a word that the young people use looking over to Joe and Sean. Not you, Greg. Uh, the young hip people. It's called triggered. I had a triggering moment in this episode. Oh. So he's sitting there heartbreaking, just heartbreaking. Uh, Donna and Tom are in their car and they see him. And Donna's like, no, th- this is too much. We got to fix yeah. this. And, and, and Tom agrees. So they go. And here's what triggered me. Donna grabs him. He doesn't know what's happening. She takes her soup and she flings it to the ground. Now, you're like, well, what triggers you about that? Soup on the ground doesn't trigger me because birds can eat it and maybe little animals can come. (laughs) But I am kind of anti-littering. And that isn't that a silly moment that like kind of made me crazy? Yeah, yeah. Like, no, Donna. Yeah, yeah. Pick that up. Yeah. Pick because she threw the whole thing. The the spoon and the little you know, cardboard container, yeah. hit the ground. So it's because another public servant is going to go clean it up. I know. I, I That bothered me. Mm. I'm just mm. calling, calling it as a season, people. Triggering. Ben was triggered by those needles in his face, right? First of all, oh. Don, I'll tell you. <laughs> Donna who, comes walking I'll in. tell you who wasn't triggered. Donna comes out with like that uh, Hellraiser whatever look, yes. right? And she says, um, needles in your face, pleasure in your base. Talk about another hot tip. We got a Chris one about like, uh, you know, rats growing, whatever. And yeah. now we got needles in your face, pleasure in your base. Yeah. And how good is Adam Scott at playing very stressed? We talked about this in a previous episode about he's very good at the small moves, the small things. We, you know, he's getting acupuncture. It's a master class. He barely moves, and he does so much with that. Yeah. It I, is a masterpiece. It's, ama- it's I, amazing. I totally agree. And he says the sentence, harp, the, I'm paraphrasing. I wrote it down. I'm paraphrasing here. The harp music gives me anxiety. <laughs> now, there's nothing Yeah, there's nothing more soothing yeah. than a harp. Yeah. Like just the, it, yeah. it's such a soft, uh, it's such a soft instrument. There's no, yeah. and for him, that gives him anxiety. I do. I was thinking about that watching it, which is, that's an instrument. I mean, that's a lot of strings on that. <laughs> See, that you're one of those who can ruin the day. That's a yes. little like like the musician. Like it's stressed for him or her. <laughs> it's what they do. But they it's what know they do. They do know it. what they're doing. Yeah. In our synopsis, the kids' troops hold a public forum to debate letting the girls and boys commingle. The rangers' main reasoning being that they'd prefer to be indoors with candy. All of the rangers end up joining the goddesses, and Leslie swears them in. Now, Chris asks Jerry if he can date his daughter, 
But Jerry really doesn't want to know all the details around it. None of the details. None of the details. And and treat yourself. Ben opens up to Donna and Tom after splurging on a Batman costume, breaking down, sobbing, and admitting that a recent breakup, who we know, but they don't know, is the reason for his depressed state. Yeah. I mean, everything, everything is coming together at this moment. I want to talk about the public forum with all the children. Yeah. It might be the cutest scene Parks has ever done. Oh, that could be. You know what I mean? First of all, this is the show that had a mini horse on it a few times. (laughs) Okay. This is one of the cutest scenes, I think. Maybe it's because I have a two and a half year old. No, but seriously, maybe it's because I have have this kid who's like becoming from not just being like this little toddler thing to a person who has ideas and thoughts and opinions. And it's so cute to see these kids, these little Leslies in a way, and little Rons and little people do a public forum, which has become the comedy game for us. Right? Like, we're going to have a public forum and do a bunch of silly, crazy people. Yes. And what I love about it is the confidence and smarts of the goddesses. Right? Talk about another epic moment. It's Ben in the Batman costume. First, we get him crying in it. Later, he has that moment where he's fixing the router with April and Andy while wearing the costume. It's like, we have a Batman costume. We got the rights to using a Batman costume. We have to do more stuff with the Batman costume. Also, when Donna says... Uh, Batman's crying. I mean, just the way, like, oh, yeah. uh, the world is ending. Batman is crying. It, it was so perfect. I it know. Was, and is it just me? Or I'd have to, I don't know if this would be a Kirsten question, you know, the, the wardrobe people. Yeah. But Adam looked totally different in that mask. Well, not everyone can wear the cape, my man, and the cowl. I'm, no, but he really, there was. All right. I, I, I don't. I don't know what I do. You know what I'm saying at all or no? I do. After Adam West, it was there's super no other tight Batman. To I'm his with face, you. I agree. And it just like I would have had to really look to see if that was Adam. If I did not know that was Adam, well, that's why Batman donned the mask so that you wouldn't know you wouldn't who know. it was. Yeah. No, but it was great. No, but I'm with you. He looked weird, but also the I think the weirdness and awkwardness helped because it's like I don't totally. care how I feel or uh, how I look. I care how I feel. And then he feels such emotions being a Batman that he cries. Those are one of that's one of those moments in the room where you're like, wouldn't it be great if that happened? And you're like, yes, we need to make sure that happened. How do we build a story in to get yeah. there? Yeah. It does that happen a lot where you build the story. Someone comes up with that, like, we want to see him crying in that sometimes Batman outfit. Like let's the, get there. Sometimes I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, I remember, is in 94 meetings in the story in season two, we were like, let's have Leslie chain to a gate. Right, like okay, how do we work backwards how do we get to there? get yeah. there? Or like we want to do, I don't know. Ron's going to accept a Woman of the Year award, but <laughs> right. that's going to be a moment we actually see happen. How do we work backwards yeah. to that? Sometimes you have a setup, and sometimes you have a payoff. Like um, we're going to talk about it soon enough in an episode about um, uh, you know the comeback kid. That there's some of the scene on the ice, right? Oh, absolutely. We're going to have that scene. How do we get there? How do we get there? Yeah. Oh, and get ready because I, I have a lot to say about that scene. Um, well, <laughs> a lot. Uh, going forward in our synopsis, Leslie is pleased that her efforts to make the boys jealous has worked, but she starts to feel sorry for Ron when she spots him sitting at the campfire all alone. Since Anne keeps feeling like she's failing, she buys a fish and stands in the lake pretending to have caught it, redeeming herself in the eyes of the children. Meanwhile, Chris, his openness with Jerry takes a weird turn when he tells him he slept with Millicent. Ah! After the, ah! it still bothers you. Oh. Uh, after their date, and then 
Back at our A story, to make Ron feel better, Leslie takes out an ad in the paper for a new group of self-reliant survivalists called the Swansons. And Ron is surprised to find a group of eager children in his office ready to join him on Monday morning. Whew. Was that the perfect way to crap that I off? I know. Oh, my God. That's it- why it... That's why it was great because, Ron, you actually are going to have an even better job. Yes. Gifts, partisan jobs. It's the heart of Parks and Rec. It's even though Leslie did win, I mean, he literally said to her, your group is better. Mm -hmm. That's not how she wanted it. Yeah. And she took care of him. Yeah. Because he's her dear friend. Yeah. And that's the love of Parks and Rec. That is the love of these characters. That is why I think we're still out there and people still like us and watch us because it seems like that. A lot of the resolutions of these stories are are just sweet. There's a sweetness about the show, right? We talk about gifts, parties, and jobs. There's a recurring motif of someone giving a gift, getting a gift, a new job, a party thrown. These are generally celebratory types of things. And here it is. It's like Ron has this thing he's built. He's proud of the Rangers, right? But actually, Ron, you're going to oversee the Swansons. Your name, your idea, your vision of what it means to be a man is great. No one's discounting you. What it means to be a man, to be a person is great. And I think it's very sweet. And the sweetness doesn't come off too sweet. It's not saccharine, right? It's not that you're not like, I have this weird aftertaste in my mouth from it. You love it because the characters clearly respect one another Mm -hmm. enough to fuck with one another, to mess with one another, to poke fun at the, each other, but then to have each other's back at the end. Yeah. And that's why, let's just talk about it, Chris popping out of nowhere, mm. frightening Jerry and revealing he had sex with his daughter oh my might be a new level even for Chris. Who the hell yeah. in a normal world would say to a father, just, you know, full, full disclosure, I slept with your daughter last night. There's something about the character Chris who is like, I... I'm a positive person. Yeah. He's positive at bad news, right? He's good at giving bad news. (laughs) So there's a pot. I want to live out in the open. I'm very open about how I take care of my body like a temple. I'm very open about my views on on workplace romance. I'm very, I'm just open. Mm -hmm. I'm an open and honest person. He doesn't hold back. And I think that's this. That's to me, when I think of it, that's the comedy of it too. The character, yeah, like, I, I get, totally I, get that. And yeah. and and I, you know, now if you wanted to, if a therapist or a, you know, someone to psychoanalyze our characters, like it'd be fat. Honestly, it'd be fascinating if we sat down with someone who's a like a psychoanalyst who also loves the show to be like, how would you describe each this of character, these characters yeah. and what's yeah. their what are their personality traits and things they're working on? And there is a sentence, there is a statement that called honest to a fault. Yes, and yes. Oh, he sure. could just be honest to a fault. Totally. But my God, like, no, what father wants to hear that? And then they just cut to Jerry's face like, holy shit. Like, what am I in for? What am I, what is happening? And what I did love about Jerry earlier was when he asked to go out with Millicent, Jerry was very much like, Chris, she's an adult. Mm -hmm. I trust her. I trust you. And then here's a moment that I really like. And it's quick. Most, I don't know if most people catch it. Chris comes in for the hug with Jerry. And they do the hug. And I remember that day because, you know, what What I loved about this shooting that day, that was, you know, it was Rob and I had the sea story. So we got to hang a lot. And mm. that's always fun. That's when you get to bullshit between takes and blah, blah, blah. So I, I love that. And Rob has so many great stories and 
you know, like Hollywood stories. And, and anyway, so it was just a really fun time for me. Um, but we we come in for the hug, and then they cut to Jerry, who's a little put off by the hug, but then he puts his yes. arms around him, and then at the very last second, Jerry closes yes. his eyes and it's he goes, Oh, this like he just like, yeah. oh, this is nice. This is nice. You know, and I don't know, I love that moment. I, I just, do too. I really, and I, can, I remember that moment. I remember well, especially doing for Jerry, it. those moments aren't often. They're not often. And here's a coworker. Yeah. I mean, a boss, but still a coworker, um, showing me affection yeah. and uh, gratitude. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love that moment. Yeah, no, it's great. It's weird from Chris, but it's, it's also. It's weird, but great. yeah, it works. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, you know, this episode is so fun. We've talked about so many fun things. So I'm sure, you know, Jim, just recently you introduced perhaps one of my new favorite segments we're doing is the crap we didn't get to. Crap we didn't get to. What's the crap <laughs> we didn't get to that you want to get to? Well, I got a couple. Uh, I love when they're doing, when uh, Tom and um, Donna are showing their wardrobes and Ben is just sitting there like not understanding yeah, yeah. any of it. And Tom comes out and he goes, I am a cashmere velvet candy cane. <laughs> and, Reddit, and Donna just goes, Treat yourself. Treat yourself. A velvet, Treat a cashmere velvet candy cane. Yeah, well. And that's kind of what he looked like. Yeah. Yeah. And then I love when there's a, Anne has a talking head and she's doing the the fish and she goes, oh, it feels real good to have a bunch of little boys into me. And then pause. Well, that came out wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant, yeah, yeah. brilliant That's a moment. Jim O'Hare type of joke. Yeah, right that there. is a Jim O'Hare type of joke. And Rashida, of course, nailing it because she's Rashida. Well, you know. What, what? Who's our MVP? Who's our episode MVP? Who's our most wow. valuable pawn in this one? Um, hmm. Hmm. I'm going to let you go first. I'm feeling the yeah, pressure Yeah, I, I hear you. Here, here's what I'll say. I love the Leslie Ron story. Yeah. I love the Chris uh, Jerry. I love a lot. This is another really special episode, I think. And I know it sounds like I, I say it a lot. It's fun to watch these again and be like, look at the fun stuff we did. Yeah. In this case, if it's not, Treat yourself itself. Wow, I never thought about that. Yes, you don't want to, like that. Yes. I mean, how does that not take the cake? That yes. has become, uh, it's become a thing. That's the MVP. You it, nailed to it. me. It's treat yourself, and and the fact that our three characters who experienced it, Tom, Donna, and Ben, each had a different experience from treat yourself. Yeah, that's the power of treat yourself. So for I me, it's that. treat yourself. Are you I with me? It. I'm going to go 100. And if I had to mm. give a character, like if I was like, okay, well, I have to pick one of the the yeah. main characters. Um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go with Adam. I'm going to go with, uh, oh, yeah. just because of the Batman and, oh, yeah. and the breaking of the heart and the bench. And, um, yeah. so I'm going to have to go with Adam, but you're right. It is treat, treat yourself. yourself. That is the MVP. hundred percent agree. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places. Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. 
We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's go to a town hall, Jim. Let's talk to and hear from someone who has a question for us and maybe hopefully give them a, sa- a satisfying answer to that oh, question. I can guarantee that. This comes from Danae from Oregon. Hello, Danae. Hello, Danae. Oh, where are we going to do the town hall? At the mall? Mm. Should we do it at the mall? The Eagleton Mall? Yeah, let's do the fancy Eagleton Mall. Yeah. Why not? Um, I have noticed that Parks and Rec, this is what Danae says, when compared to the office, uses the bleep button a lot more. You know, it seems like nearly half the episodes, something's bleeped out. Was that intentional? Are there any net? Is there any network drama surrounding that? Now, don't get me wrong. Tanae says, "I love it. It just seems to be unique for sitcoms on network television at the time." Well, obviously, you can speak more to that about network, but I would imagine there's definitely rules. Oh, well, uh, for sure, I, you can't. I'm not going to say the f word or the s word or any of those, but we used it from the very. Get go the bleeping. Yeah, I mean, early on, Ron says, uh, "I'm Ron fucking Swanson." Right, right? and we bleeped that. Up. I remember talking. You can overdo, overuse something that's funny, and it stops being funny. Mm-hmm. Right. If sure. you do something that's funny too much, sometimes you're like, "I get it." I'm actually, I'm now desensitized to that funniness. Mm-hmm. And there's this thing like there's the rule of three and seventeen, right? Where like three times you need to do something three times. That that feeling and that there's a funniness. There's a comedy in the third time. And then you keep doing it, you're like, okay. But if you really keep doing it, it becomes funny again. So if you get to wow. 17, it's funny again. Now, it's not true that it's exactly 17, but that concept of once you've passed it a few times, all of that is to say is, I, I hear what Danae's saying. We did bleep a lot. Yeah. But I always think it was intentional to make the joke the funniest version of the joke. Um, but I, there were moments when we would talk in the room about, is this too much? Do we knew? Because it is an easy way to get a laugh. Yeah. But I will also say we were a mockumentary. So mm. cameras are supposed to just be catching us in our day-to-day lives. Right. And people, adults, Jingle use Harris. language where they swear here and there. Right. So I think you can get away with it more right. than— Right, because there's comedy in the fact that that character <laughs> chose to do it, but we just right. can't play it for you. But what right. I would say to Danae and to those interested is for sure— you have to bleep on network television if you have an expletive, right? You yeah, have to do you it. Have to. There are rules, there are certain standards and practices you have to do. But it is a conscious, you have to think about it. It's a scripted show. So it is a conscious choice to have the character have a line that requires bleeping. So it's not so much that the bleep occurred because you can't say fuck shit, whatever it is. It's the fact that the writers chose to make a line that included the word that needed to be believed. Yeah. And so did we do that a lot? We did a fair amount. I thought yeah. it was generally always funny. And um, and hopefully today and others, you laughed. 
I, you know what I, I mean? think it's, I like the bit. You love it. I, I know do. for you, you're very yeah. blue. You love it. So today, hopefully, what I hope you've mostly taken away from this oh, episode is the beep, 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 <laughs> and that mother beep, oh, and that kind of my beep. Oh, boy. Wow. Well, um, thank you, Jim, for that um, that method acting <laughs> that, of, a, of a bleep. That rant? Yes. Yeah. This guy, <laughs> you were a bleep just now. Wow. I don't know what that means, but let me I just say either. to all of you, thank you for listening. Thank you for loving the show enough to sit down and listen to <laughs> these schmucks talk about Literally it. Literally these two schmucks. Yeah, and just relive <laughs> it and tell you what we think about it. We love we love doing this. Yeah, it's so um, much fun. As much as Jim likes to make it seem like he hates sitting <laughs> across from me, he does love it. I, love, I do love it. We love talking about this series and we want to keep doing it. We're going to keep doing it. So if you have questions about it, you know, write in the review about it. If you love it, go to wherever you get it from. Give us those five stars. Petition for eight stars, whatever we need. We love to hear from you. Um, I want to say thank you, as always, to thank our you, engineer, thank you, thank Samuel. You. Yes, Joe. As always, to our producer, John Jordan. John. I think, as always, yes. to Jim. Jim. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. from both of us, yes. goodbye from Pond. This has been a Team Coco production. Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.